Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Why don't we just give God a hand clap of praise right now? Come on, everybody, put your hands together. Lord, we love your name today. Hallelujah. How many know that his name is great and his name is wonderful? There is power in his name. Let's worship together today. Hallelujah. There's power in your name, yes there is. There is power in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. There's power in your name, everybody sing. There is power in the name of Jesus, amen. There's power, how many believe there's power in his name this morning? And there is power in the name of Jesus, there's power in your name. I 
this morning. Amen. I want to welcome you all our visitors and everyone here to our morning service here at Glenmore. Amen. We're so excited. I'm glad to have my brother Warren back and we're going to baptize him in Jesus name today. Hallelujah. So wonderful. Praise the Lord and all other visitors. We're so welcome you here. We're so excited what God is doing in your lives and what he's going to do today. So get ready, and I just want to let you know, put, put everything aside, because God is fixing to bring something to you that's individual. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He can do anything and everything that you're wanting to do today. Whatever you've got, bring it to him today. Amen. Want to love him today. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Everybody have a need, and all the names up there. And I know if you've got breath in your lungs, you have a need. In the name of Jesus, go to the Lord and everyone pick out a name. If you recognize somebody you don't, let's call on the name of Jesus. Let's go. This morning, Jesus, we come against any preconceived notion, Lord, and release your anointing of your understanding. We bring these petitions to you, God. You know you're the almighty God and the all-powerful God that you're going to bring forth, God, into this service today, God. Pour out your spirit, God. And bring everything that we can have that from you to God. We ask you, God, we ask you to pour out your blood today and your spirit in your name, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's worth it today, any church. Let's give him a hand clap of praise.
Take me in my weaknesses. I know that you are. 
to him right now. Pour your praise out upon him. Pour your praise out upon him right now. Amen, amen, amen. If it'd be all right, if we could bypass them preliminaries and catch them at the end of the service. I just want to flow in the Holy Ghost right now if I may. I just want to flow in the presence of the Lord that I feel. And I, I want God to hear if, if I could, if I could let the Lord hear an apology from me God's been speaking to me about something for a couple of days now, and I just kept saying, Lord, this is, this is not, of course, we know better than God, obviously. I mean, you know, God, this is not for today, Lord, and the Lord just keeps, and I'm saying, well, Lord, this is not for, this is, this is for another time, Lord, and the Lord just, no, because, you know, we know better than the Lord knows. And so, if, if I may, take you to the book of Psalms, the 27th chapter. And I, I won't be here long, but I want to just share something. That this is me. This is, this is what I'm dealing with. And so I'm going to be sprinkled all through this. And, but it's Psalms 27 and 13. The psalmist said, I had fainted Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 14 says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I've come to tell somebody today that your season of waiting is almost over. Your, your time of this process that you have been in is almost completed. Father, I want you to anoint our minds today. Allow our spirits to be receptive of what you want to say to us. God, I, this is a quiet spirit. I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to scream. I'm just going to tell them what you told me, what you've moved on me with. And I want to share my heart which is your heart with these beautiful people today. In Jesus' name. You, you, sweetheart, you can stay close. I'm, I'm not going to be long. You may be seated today just for a moment. What a strange passage of Scripture is translated in another place, verse 14, as be strong and take heart. Because elsewhere in the Bible, this Old Testament phrase is a phrase that is used before there's a great battle or a great challenge or a great undertaking or a great conflict. Be strong and be of good courage. Take courage. Be encouraged. Strengthen yourself in God. Get God's help and face that enemy and fight that battle and win that conflict. It's even used in a character that we've been visiting a lot recently, Joshua in Joshua 1. When Joshua takes over from Moses and now he's going to cross Jordan and there are many battles that are before them in order to possess the land. And more than once the Lord comes to him and says the same thing. Be strong. Be courageous. Take heart. Don't be discouraged for God is with you. The same God that was with Moses is with you. The same God that empowered Moses is going to empower you. But what is odd about this and what leaped out to me is that particular moment that the psalmist is in is not a moment before a great battle. 
The sabers are not rattling. The chariots are not gathered. The soldiers are not set in array against the enemy. There's no conflict that's visible. No great and high mountain to climb. No wide sea to cross. And the psalmist says a statement to everyone. He said, I believe I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. With all of my heart, I'm going to see this. And then he makes a confession of God's great and precious promises. But then he stops talking to those around him. And he begins to speak directly to himself and to his heart and to his soul. He talks to his inner person. And he says, take heart. He's talking to himself. Take heart. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Wait on the Lord. And one translation says it takes strength and courage to wait on the Lord. Preacher, what does that have to do with our lives today? Just cut to the chase. What does this have to do? Hear me. Standing in a position and a posture of faith and believing and expecting God to fulfill his word to us as we pray is found many places in the word. And here's what it means. When we pray and we ask God for something, like many of us are here today, already have. When you face something in your life and you know, I need a word from the Lord. I need an answer from the Lord. I need a miracle from God. God, I need this from you. I need you to move on my behalf, God. I need an intervention in my family. I need an intervention in my finances. I need an intervention on my job. I need you to reconcile this relationship, or I need you to sever this tie that's holding me hostage. I need you to adjudicate this particular issue like a judge ruling in my favor against my enemy. Whatever the prayer might be, you find in Scripture there are many, many examples, and you know if you've prayed any prayers in your life that there is a strong possibility that it will not be answered in the next 30 seconds after you put a period at the end of your prayer. You pray things in faith, but then there is a testing time where your faith is tested as you wait on the Lord to deliver the answer that you prayed for. And that's why the psalmist said it, and also Isaiah said it, Blessed are those who wait for the Lord, for they will never be disappointed. Blessed are they who wait on the Lord, for they will never be ashamed. Wait, my soul. I've come to tell somebody today, wait, my soul. Don't be hyper. Don't be anxious. Don't be restless. Wait on the Lord. You prayed the great promise of God. Now wait for an answer. That's one of the great battles of our faith. It's where many of us lose out with the Lord because we don't have the strength, nor the discipline and the depth of faith, not only to ask, but then to wait for the Lord to answer. Listen, it's one thing to have faith to ask God. It's another thing to have faith to wait for God to answer. It says in Isaiah that the time of God's grace, his day of showing favor, his day of showing his power, is surely going to come. I want you to know your answer is on its way. God heard you the first time you prayed it. The, the writer said that there's going to be a season in your life where you're going to find the favor of the Lord it will come it will happen there is a time for God to do great things in our lives but how many of you would acknowledge like me you're the type that doesn't like to wait we go to a restaurant and we want the food on the table before we even order it we want the server to read our minds telepathically and know that we need a refill before we ever need a refill. We're just getting close to needing a refill. We don't want to wait. And I want you to know today, this is what the Lord's dealing with me about. It's deadly for you to live that way when it comes to things of the Lord and spiritual things. Wait on the Lord. Don't give up believing. Because there are two bad options that we get caught in when we are in this process. When we pray for direction about anything, a relationship, an open door for ministry, times when we are in a season. So we ask him, God, show, anybody ever done this? God, show me what to do. God, tell me what to do. Uh, do I move to the right or do I move to the left? The problem is that if God doesn't answer right away, we take it into our own hands. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We say, 
will fix it, God. I, I prayed about it. I don't see God doing anything, so now I'll fix this thing. I'm smart enough to make a decision here that affects my family and my ministry that God has for each of us. We don't wait. We want to take it into our own hands. And the whole time we're in this process, Satan's whispering in our ear, look, you got to do something. Come on. Don't just stand here. Do something. Don't. What are you waiting for? Come on. Don't just, just get through it and make something happen. And then we take it out of waiting on God and we make a bad situation even worse. Come on. Haven't we all done that in our own lives? It takes such strength of our faith to wait. And that's why the psalmist is pushing himself. He's telling himself, look, I know I'm going to see the hand of God. I know God's going to reveal this power unto me, but I need to push myself. I need to remind my soul. I need to get this in my heart that, Lord, I need to wait upon you because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. I've got to learn to wait on you, Lord. Sometimes the greatest battle you will fight is waiting on God. It takes such great strength and character to wait on the Lord. And all the forces of hell are against us in this time, trying to push us here and move us over here. And, and the Lord is telling us, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. There is a moment. God has a moment for me, a time of favor, a day of favor, when he's going to answer my prayer. He's going to heed unto my petition. He's going to hear me when I call. But here's the deal. I can't quit. I've got to hold on and wait until the Lord moves for me. Because the Lord heard me the first time I prayed. He heard us the first time we called. But now we have to wait and see what the Lord will do for us. The other danger that befalls us is when the answer doesn't come and we're in a season of waiting on the Lord. And here's the one that I've struggled with. This is the feeling that overwhelms us when we are in a season and we've prayed and we feel like God hasn't heard us and he certainly hasn't answered us. Is that we have a tendency to want to give up. I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen in ministry a lot of times. Where we have this plan and we have this profile laid out and we've got this template of how this is going to happen. And then when it doesn't happen on our time frame and it doesn't happen the way we think it ought to happen, then all of a sudden the devil pushes us into a place where we give up and, and we think, God, this, this, is, this is not how this was supposed to be. This is not how this was supposed to come out. And I've seen that happen Listen, just, just look at this church. I've prayed for 11 years for the season that we are in right now of God's favor. And I've fasted for 11 years for this season that we are in right now. And my parents have done it longer than me. They've worked more than I have. They've been here longer than me waiting for this season of the visitation of the Lord. And there have been many moments when we would go home on a Monday and it seems like we were doing more harm than we were doing good. And that there were more people leaving than there were people that were coming. And we were losing more people than we were winning to the Lord. And there was a tendency in the back of our mind to think, well, maybe God's promises aren't going to come for us. Maybe they're for another church and another time. And maybe somebody else could come in here and do a better job. than we. And there were people that were telling us that. You need, to, you need to let somebody else come in here and let them. They can do better than what you are doing. But I thank God every day of my life that I... I didn't give up on what God put in my heart and what God said. David said in one place, he said, I will wait on the Lord and I will see what the Lord will do for me. Sometimes you just got to get a hold of the word and hold it close as tight as you can and say, I'm not moving until I give God ample opportunity to move on my behalf. I'm not moving until I see what the Lord is going to do. There is this passage in Isaiah that literally says he works for those who wait for him. Those who quit waiting and tell the Lord, God, if, if you're not going to do this for me, then I'm going to do it for myself. That's so prevalent in American Western Christianity. 
the other option is what preachers face, where I just want to quit. I want to give up. It's not happening like I thought. Uh, I told a preacher one time, we were talking on the phone, and he was ready to give up. He was ready to leave. He was ready to move. And he had his timetable, and he said, you know, I thought in six months we would be right here, and then after a year, this would have happened, and, and nothing was going according to his schedule. And I said, can I give you a little wisdom from experience that you throw that template out the door? You can throw your timetable out the window because God is more interested in building his church than he is building your church. God's more interested in doing something with those people than, than you would ever be interested. I said, throw that junk out the door. I want to tell somebody here that's battling discouragement and battling the spirit of wanting to quit and wanting to throw in the towel. Let me tell you, just wait on the Lord because he is faithful. Come on, you can clap louder than that. He's faithful. He's faithful. Here's the attitude that you and I must have if we're going to really wait on the Lord. The attitude you must have is this. The Lord must help me. The Lord must help me. In other words, I don't have a plan B. I don't have an alternative. I don't, I don't have an option. You see, if you have a plan B, you'll resort to your plan B. Many times we're praying, and we're praying for this over here, but already we formulated plan B in our mind. And if God didn't do this when we think he ought to, then we've already got plan B lined up over here. We're going to do this our way. We've got plan B figured out as though God is not faithful to us. Uh, you've got to have this attitude. I must have God's help. Listen, you've got to do this, and it's got to be done by God. It's not an option. There is no other option other than what God is going to do. They came to David, and they're saying, David, you can do this. You can do A. You can do B. You can do C. But David, you've got to make a decision. And he said, uh-uh. I'm going to wait right here until I see what the Lord is going to do for me. I must have God's help. And this is what God is just wringing my soul with because through this process with my son, Mason, uh, we've got a lot invested in this. And, and what I was praying this morning, I was thinking, you know, this church family's got as much invested in this. They're going to shout as much as we are when God does this, this thing in his life. They're, they're, they're going to they're gonna dance and be as, as joyful for, for him as we are when God does this thing. And, and in my in this whole process, we've invested all of this time, all this energy. But I told God in prayer recently, what I've discovered is this has nothing to do with him. This has nothing to do with him because every time I pray, the Lord is reminding me, this is my place of learning to wait on you, God, because I don't have any other options. I don't have a plan B. And every time we've tried to formulate our own plan B or C or D, God has shut the door and said, no, you're going to wait on me and you're going to see my hand and you're going to see my power, but it's not going to happen when you want it. It's going to happen when my time and my spirit move on this situation. And what we have to do, it's been the hardest journey of my life is this waiting where it's either God or it's nothing. It's either God does this or it doesn't get done. It's either God moves or nothing happens. There is no plan B. And I've come to tell you, you've got to feel that way. You've got to reach that place in your own life where either God, you move, or nothing is going to happen because I'm not going to move. There is no plan B. Forget plan B. It's plan G. It's God's plan. It's God's word. It's God's timing. I want you to stand with me. This was my prayer. I said, God, there is no situation that's too big for you. There are those of you who have been in this process and you've asked God, Lord, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I move? Do I go to the right? Do I go to the left? 
And what God is beginning to do in your life is he's beginning to reveal to you that this is the time. And I, I don't want to get out of the will of God right now. I don't want to. I don't want to step into a place where I'm not authorized to tread. You understand what I'm saying? But I feel in the Holy Ghost that it, it may not be me, but there are some people here right now that God is bringing you out of that process. And it's been a long, protracted day by day, week by week, month by month. And God has given you a connection to this church. And you feel it in your heart. You feel it in your spirit. You feel it in your soul. When you walk in here, you feel a special connection to this church. And God is going to do some amazing things in your life inside these four walls. God's going to give you direction that you've waited for years and years and years to receive. And you absolutely know what I'm talking about when you say, I, I haven't waited on the Lord. I've tried this and I've tried that. And I've tried this and I've tried to push this door open and I've tried to pry this window open. And I've tried to go around the back and see if there was a, an alternate entry where I could move into this place. No, no, God is opening the door for you today. I feel that in the What you need to come down to this front and pray is, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. There are people in here right now, you feel like that I've eavesdropped on your conversations. You feel like somebody's told me gone behind your back and told me some things that you've talked about. I'm telling you everything that I'm telling you right now I got from the Lord. You need to put that thought out of your mind. The Lord is speaking to you right now. God is talking to your heart right now. And I want you to come down to this front and I want you to say, Lord my soul has been in this process but I'm not stopping I'm going to follow you where you say go I'm going to go if you say move to the right I'll move to the right if you say go to the left I'll go to the left but God your hand has got to be upon my life your hand has to be upon me in a powerful way your hand has to be upon me right now They that wait upon the Lord shall receive a renewing of their strength. Sometimes the only answer for you is just to lean on the Lord and let God restore your strength. Well, I need to do something. No, that's the devil talking to you. The Lord has led you to this moment in this place to hear this word. You come to hear this preacher tell you God is faithful. He's yes, never God. forsaken you. He's never abandoned anybody. God has never left anybody hanging. God has always stood by your side. Wait, my soul, upon the Lord. Put your hand on the shoulder of someone close to you right now, and I want you to pray with them. God, I know that you are for me today, God. You are for me today. I don't care what the devil says. You have not abandoned me. You have not walked away from me. You have not cast me aside. I don't care what the enemy tries to to get me to believe you are still standing right by my side and you will never leave me and you will never forsake me and so right now God I stand in the only place that I know to stand my heart is fixed upon you my mind is focused upon you I pull your word close to me and I believe that I'm going to see there's going to be a season where you are going to begin to move into my life 
there's going to be a harvest. There's going to be a fulfillment of all of these promises. God, I'm not going to die with, with promises left on the table, with chips left on the table. I'm not going to die that way, Lord. I'm going to see everything you told me I would see if I don't give up, if I don't quit. Don't let me quit, God. Somebody... Somebody take authority over discouragement right now. I, I'm not going to quit. Quitting is not an option. Quitting is not an option. I'm, I'm, I'm not stopping because you are on my side. You are on my side. You are for me. You are faithful. You will never leave me. You will never abandon me. I stand on your word today. I stand on your word today. So loving and so true, so powerful in all you do, and you feel me, and God, you see me. You know my every move, and you love for me to sing to
want you to find, our ushers are coming, but I want you to find two or three people, and I want you to encourage them in the Lord. Whatever God speaks into your life right now, just encourage them in the Lord. God, encourage us. Encourage us in the Lord. Encourage us, Father. Encourage us, encourage us, encourage us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Tonight, while you're sleeping, Aaron's going to be wheels up to the Philippines. I want you to pray for Aaron this week, that God's hand will be upon him, that God would use him, and God would plant something in him that he would never be the same. Father, I thank you for this day, for your power, for your anointing, for your grace, for your mercy, for your understanding of our situation. I ask you to bless this offering, our gift unto you. Multiply it for your use and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Please give to the Lord today. We're so honored that each and every one of you are here. A couple of announcements. Uh, Brother Johnson is scheduled to be here next Sunday morning and Sunday night. We're excited about that. Revival services on the weekend. And we're looking forward to a great move of the Lord. I believe it's the 27th. That's the women's uh, outing. Dinner together. Sign up out in the foyer so we can get a head count. We are thankful for what God is doing in this church. The power of the Lord. Sister Kelly, how many did we have in Kids Church Wednesday night? 43 in Kids Church. Brother Michael, how many did we have in 15 in the teen class Wednesday night? Now listen, there are churches that would give their right arm to have that many total. And we've got revival going on in our, in our youth and in our children's ministry. Thankful for that. What a time we had here Wednesday night. Tonight is going to be awesome. Lift up brother and sister Goins. Mom is going to be ministering tonight uh, somewhere else. Dad is ministering today somewhere else. And let's pray that God would lift them up and use them. We've got a baptism. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name today, I've got good news for you. The water's ready. We're ready. God's ready to wash your sins away. You just come on up here, and it's going to happen in the name of the Lord. We've got some baptisms scheduled. Thankful for what God is doing. How many would join me in prayer at 530? For a great service tonight at 6 o'clock, we are going to have a time here tonight. We're looking forward to what God is doing. Why don't we give the Lord a hand today as we are dismissed. We love you. 530 prayer. Great evangelistic service at 6 tonight. We love you. We'll see you back tonight. God bless.